0: Core of the Bible Podcast number 65. In this kingdom, we bear the name and character of God. Welcome to the Core of the Bible Podcast. My name is Steve, and I'll be your host as we explore the message of the Bible reduced to its simplest form. As you may know, it's my belief the Core of the Bible message consists in principles derived from the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount. These include the topics of Kingdom, Integrity, Vigilance, Holiness, Trust, Forgiveness, and Compassion. And today we're going to be looking at the topic of the Kingdom of God and how by being in the Kingdom, we carry God's name. And because of this, our words and actions should match His. In Exodus 20, verse 7, and this is from a more literal translation, it says this, You do not take up the name of your God Yahweh for a vain thing, for Yahweh does not acquit him who takes up his name for a vain thing. As one of the Ten Commandments or Ten Words, which I believe are the charter instructions for the kingdom of God, I wanted to take some time to explore the nature of what this commandment is really all about. This verse has classically been used throughout generations for the purpose of not abusing or misusing the revealed name of God, in the sense of using His name as a curse word, or speaking it casually in conversation outside of an appropriate worship setting, or reading it within the text of the Bible. But as we explore this verse today, I think we'll see that these caricatures miss the intent of what God is attempting to teach us here and really throughout the whole Bible. The real sense of the passage is less about misusing God's name carelessly, and more about our character in claiming to be believers or followers of Him. To begin with, let's look at how the verse is expressed in some of its original Hebrew keywords to gain some depth of what exactly is being discussed. So to take up God's name means to lift or carry. It conveys the idea of raising or bearing a load or burden. It can also mean to accept. So to take his name is to take up or carry his name as identifying who we are, or rather, whose we are. Now let's dig a little deeper into the word for name. The word for name in Hebrew is Shem. The idea of avoiding pronouncing the sacred name of God, which I refer to as Yahweh, comes from a long tradition among the Jews, who wanted to substitute another word, Adonai, whenever Yahweh appeared in the text, to avoid speaking the sacred name casually or without respect. And this word, Adonai, translates into the English as Lord, and is usually printed in all capitals in the Old Testament to identify that verse as containing the sacred name of God. Well, I suppose the idea behind this practice has been to honor God's name. However, it's not always been this way, even among God's people. Hundreds of years before Messiah, it was still a common practice to greet one another with the blessings of Yahweh, and it was not until after the return from their captivity that they adopted the practice of not pronouncing the name of God. To this day, God is typically referenced among Jews as Hashem, a title which literally means the name. Well, now, there's nothing really wrong in continuing this practice out of respect for God, but it is important to recognize that there is nothing within the Bible itself that requires this avoidance of pronouncing the name of God, Yahweh. In fact, it could be argued from the Bible that God actually encourages and expects us to use his name, which is why he told it to Moses in the first place. In Exodus 3 verse 15, it says this, God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. See, the reason this has significance is because the word shem, or name, also conveys some meanings about what it represents. It is associated with the fame or the glory of an individual indicative of their character. So from a Hebraic perspective, to utter someone's name is to call out their character. And this is one of the main reasons I prefer to use the name Yeshua instead of Jesus when speaking of the Messiah, because the word Yeshua in Hebrew conveys the idea of salvation, that which the Messiah came to provide. Now, as a representative name applies to Yahweh, Amos, the prophet. Exemplifies this type of use of the word when he says in Amos 5.8, he says, The one who made the Pleiades and the Orion, who turns darkness into dawn and darkens day into night, who summons the water of the sea and pours it out over the surface of the earth, Yahweh is his name. So this verse shows how God's ability or nature as the Creator is contained within his name or his character. To recognize and honor his name is to recognize him as the creator and sustainer of all. It's also representative of a memorial of that character or essence. For example, in Isaiah 66, verse 22, it says, For just as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make will remain before me, this is Yahweh's declaration, so your offspring and your name will remain. So the idea that God conveys through Isaiah here is that the Israelites' name, that which embodies who they are, would remain with their future generations. So, from this brief look at a few of the words and phrases more closely, we can see that to take up the name of God is to lift, carry, or honor his name, as in raising it up. That which is being lifted, carried, and honored is his character, his reputation. Therefore, those who belong to the kingdom of god should be honoring the name or character of god with their thoughts and their speech and their conduct and as one of the ten commandments within the charter of the kingdom of god this then implies that honoring the name through living out its values is appropriate and expected kingdom behavior So far we have seen that the admonition here is not about the abuse of God's name, but it's about when we are identifying as belonging to Him, that we do not dishonor or defame His name or character by our careless conduct. When someone comes to the knowledge of God and wants to be His follower, then they take His name, identifying with His character. By this participation in the kingdom of God as His children, we carry His name and His character in this world to take God's name in vain is not expressly to use His name flippantly, although that certainly is included. The fact that the commandment urges us not to take the name in vain could be paraphrased as, you shall not take my name lightly or for no purpose. Our desire to follow His ways should not be rooted in our own selfish ambition or schemes. We should not join the kingdom impetuously without any real thought for the responsibility we bear. Unfortunately, I've witnessed many altar calls for people to become believers based on transient emotions or getting swept away in the moment by some moving stories or a demonstrative worship experience. These types of theatrics were not how Yeshua practiced ministry. He never worked the crowds to cause people to come to him. In fact, if anything, his teaching was so polarizing and hotly debated that sometimes people actually left by droves. An example of this is in John 6, where it says, When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Yeshua, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? And then it says, Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. You see, coming to faith in the God of the Bible is not a matter of spiritual feelings or some worshipful experience based on emotion. It should be a willing desire based on a knowledge and understanding of what being a disciple or a member of God's kingdom means. In Luke 14, Yeshua says this, he says, Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Well, sadly, I've seen many sincere people begin to build a tower that they could not finish, and I believe it was because their foundation was not based on a knowledge of the Holy One, but on feelings and emotions that faded when the reality of their daily participation in the kingdom was realized. Essayist and poet G.K. Chesterton has been famously quoted as saying, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting, it has been found difficult and left untried. The carrying of one's cross implies that in some respects the life of a disciple is one of carrying a sacrificial burden, one that involves the reduction of self in all things. Carrying the name of God is such a burden, as it is a diminishment of ourselves and a lifting up of His honor and character. Within the kingdom of God, we should be sincere in our desires to live for Him and to bring honor and glory to His name. When we carry His name, our actions and our words should match His. Yeshua demonstrated this so completely that it was impossible to distinguish between Him and His Father. In John 5, it says, So Yeshua said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. In John 7, it says, So Yeshua answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. In John 12, it says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say, and what to speak. And in John 14, it says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Yeshua said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So you see, when we consider following the Messiah, we are accepting that he was sent from the Father and carried the name of God so completely that he was essentially indistinguishable from the Father. And if we are to become more and more like Messiah, then this same characteristic should be evident in our lives as well. When people see or hear us, they should be seeing what the Father would want to do or say in that situation. Now, does this sound like a heavy responsibility? Well of course, which is why we should not take his name lightly or for no purpose, which is the whole point of the third commandment. As we've seen already, we are admonished by Yeshua to count the cost of kingdom living in Luke 14, but in so doing, we would accept it willingly and gladly. You see, the kingdom is a place of great joy and fulfillment, but it's also a participation in a lifestyle of discipline and self-control. As one of the gifts of God's Spirit, we should demonstrate self-control so that we do not defame the name that we bear. And as we reflect His glory and honor in our words and our actions, we can be sure that we are providing every opportunity for others to be drawn to Him, and for the Kingdom to become a little bit larger in our generation. Well, once again, I hope I've been able to provide you some ideas and concepts to meditate on further. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, be sure to visit coreofthebible.org to read daily blog posts on these topics and to find out more about the message of the Bible reduced to its simplest form in the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount. If you have questions about today's topic or comments or insights you'd like to share, feel free to email me at coreofthebible at gmail.com. Thanks for your interest in listening today, and as always, I hope to be invited back into your headphones in another episode to come. Take care.